0: Hey everyone, and welcome to The Kodakery. I'm Megan. And I'm Josh. On this week's episode, we're featuring film photographer Samuel J. Butt, an up-and-coming photographer with great focus and attention in his work to each moment that he captures. Choosing to work with film, Samuel talks with us about why this format continues to be right for him. Sam has found a place within himself that requires slowing down and carefully choosing the timing for each photograph. Leading to his beautiful and thoughtful work. So, let's jump into the Kodakery and talk with Samuel.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Kodakery. Today in the Kodakery, Megan and I are welcoming Samuel J. Butt to join us on the show. Samuel's photography work is really wonderful. And, and every once in a while on the show, we want to highlight an up and coming photographer and really kind of direct you to them. We love Sam's work and we think you should too. Sam, thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks very much, Joshua. It's great to uh, be doing this with you guys. It's brilliant.
0: So, Sam, maybe you could describe to our listeners a little bit what your style of work is.
2: Yeah. When I began photography and this has always, um, I kind of always been the way that I've worked is uh, I suppose it's rooted in the in the documentary style. I've always photographed the things that have been kind of immediately engaged me, either my like friends or family or my immediate environment. And then those have always been the foundation for where I've gone on and made um, personal projects or worked with other kind of um, commercial clients. And I think just about, you know, exploring the world and all the incredible like, people that are in it and everything that kind of comes with that um, in between, yeah.
0: So you're doing portraits, or you're doing uh, landscapes, I mean, is it everything, You'll, you, nothing you won't shoot?
2: <laughs> um. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I think I've, I definitely, I've definitely tried out a lot, of, a lot of different things. I think the things that I feel most, uh, most comfortable with and the things that I most enjoy, portraits are always in there. And I think what I love about um, that aspect of, of my photographic practice is the, um, the camera is almost like a, uh, like a passport it allows me to go and meet people and go into scenarios that without the camera I probably wouldn't be either allowed to or I wouldn't necessarily like have the confidence to go into um so it's really kind of expanded my um my world I suppose um and given me a a way to you know explore the world you know, in a way that I just wouldn't have otherwise but in terms of um, landscapes, I I don't know. I don't think I've explored that that much, but I do. I really I do love still life. So at the moment, I'm working on a series of uh, pictures which I'm calling the the working title I've got with it is Experiments from the Garden, and that's something that I really um, I had to move back home for a while with um, with my parents just because that was the the way things were working out at the moment, and I really um, it allowed me to kind of look back again at my. Kind of photographic practice, and go. Okay, what do I want to? Um, what's here that I can engage with that I think will be really interesting? And how, how what can be my like take on that? On something that's like right in front of me. So, mm. yeah, that's great.
1: The role of the image has evolved a lot over time, and the way people value images, the way images are made, has mm. changed. What do you see the role mm. of the image, and how do you feel like um, kind of today's youth culture? Is making images and feel about photography and image making?
2: Mm. Wow, that's a huge question. (laughs) Um, So things have certainly appeared to have become more, you know, more throwaway, and people are kind of looking at things and not necessarily um, taking in the, or appear to not be having, you know, they they appear to not have as much value. But I think that's what's really interesting about the. The amount of people that are now like picking up film and kind of and finding it for the first time is that they're really speaking to um, I don't know find some find some real meaning in what they're in in the pictures that they're making and I think try and um, slow things down and I'm I think that's certainly a journey that I've been on myself because I got when I got into um, when I got into photography it was um, it was about ten years ago now and so the I was still shooting a lot of film, and people were kind of trying to push me to use like digital cameras a lot and just so that I could make like more work but I've always been of the view that quality over quantity and I really in the last um part of the reason why we've arrived here and are able to do this this podcast is because I felt like I had the opportunity to take control of my creative practice again, where it had gone um where I'd gotten a bit consumed by how you know this kind of need to be constantly like creating and putting out loads and loads of images. And I was like, hold on a second, I'm just going to, um, I'm stopping that. and I'm going to like slow things down again and, you know, go against the grain and, and really go back to what the, the core of my creative practice is, which is making kind of pictures much more slowly and consciously and film um, has always lent itself to that. So You're,
1: you're yeah. going to embrace the grain is what you're going to do.
0: Yeah, I knew there was some <laughs> sort yeah, of a pun yeah, in there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We couldn't let that pass by. <laughs> <Sorry>. um. <laughs> I love a bit of wordplay, so that's yeah. great.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you mentioned that you work with film. Well, you you've you've just touched on how it slows you down. And mm. is is there anything else about using film and and what it does to you as you're using it?
2: Mm, I think something I've I probably have this conversation with like tons of people over the years but it's it's one of the core things for why i love shooting film is that when you the actual process of light entering the lens and a physical chemical reaction happening which is changing these you know tiny little you know crystals that are on there um, and, and then um someone you know taking that Processing that largely by hand, obviously there's some machinery that's involved in that, and then a print being made or even a scan from the negative. The big thing for me is that we're you know we're physical tactile beings, and I never I find that when i when I shoot film as soon as i um, I, I photographed a lot of um, a lot of musicians there was a period about two or three years ago when I used to photograph. one of the main independent music magazines in in the UK almost all of the new young musicians that were coming through and when the music PRs would see me get out of film they'd be like oh my gosh what you know how do you how do you know what you're getting and it's like well because I've practiced and because I know (laughs) you know like this is a this is a tool which I which I use and it's not just you know there is a kind of an element of surprise in the in the kind of creative practice but it's I don't know, it's, I was really, like, considered about, you know, what I would um, what I would do with it. And I love that idea of being really conscious and present. And, you know, there's loads of talk now to see about the importance of mindfulness and, mm. um, right. and things in the wider, like, context of, of work and whatnot. And, yeah, and for me, film lines up with all of that. And it lines up with the way that I want to kind of, you know, manage the other parts of my life as well. So,
1: yeah. Does it change the way, you know? You talked about a little bit, like when people are like, "Well, how do you know what you're getting?" But does it also change your interaction with your subject? Like if you're shooting a portrait or a musician, um,
2: mm.
1: does does shooting film kind of change how you're interacting with them?
2: Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think I think I engage with the with the person more. I think it's really important to build up a you know a rapport with the person and. Um, whoever it is that you're um, you're photographing whether you know whether i'm in a you know studio setting or in you know on location it's generally on location that i would you know I'm photographing people i I don't think I'd ever have gotten any of the images that I had had i not been i understood people and wanted to first of all engage with people and and almost like second take a take an image of them because um, it's such a a personal thing and there's like an ex, an exchange which happens and there's an element of trust that needs to be built up in that process, and I think why I love um, shooting film in that in that sense is that I've established that you know that kind of trust with people first, and then the, um, it's not that the you know image making becomes is of like secondary importance, but it's just it's all part of this other story of them kind of meeting you, connecting with that person.
1: You're you're able to be more present with your subject because they can't be like, well, let me see that picture. What's that look like? Yeah, you know it, right. that makes a lot of sense. And, and it,
0: because you're slowing down and you're you're not probably not taking nearly as many images as you would with a digital camera, you want to put that time mm. in to cultivate a relationship, so that when you do press the button, you know you're getting mm. you're getting their their time is worth it. You know,
2: right?
1: Yeah, and uh, let's yeah, talk- yeah talk a little bit about your your uh, some of the music photography because I w- that's how we came to kind of know you is actually the work you're doing with Michael Kiwanuka.
2: Mm. there's
1: gonna be a feature in an upcoming issue of Kodachrome plug plug for all the listeners yeah. out there but with Michael as an example like you've spent a lot of time following him around and taking photos of his work mm. and it's influence his work influences your work and vice versa tell our audience a little bit about about that relationship in that project
2: yeah okay uh, first of all, I think it's really, really important to say that, like, if I, I, I don't know if I'll ever, I hope to cultivate other relationships like that with people, but I don't. That one is, that is really, really unique. So we, well, funny enough, it's one of those relationships that I read about in books. You know, a musician just happening upon, like a, um, or a photographer, sorry, happening upon a musician, and it turns out that they're, you know, incredible and they get on really well. And so Michael and I. We um, were introduced by a mutual friend years and years ago, and we we hit it off because of our shared love of all things kind of um, analog and, and records and things like that. And and we, I think, you know, when we, yeah, when we started decided that we wanted to work together. Um, you know, I, I think it was very early in his his days of having a, a, a record deal. I didn't know about that. I just I. I just felt drawn to him and we just became, we were friends and that was, and that was it. And we, we had, it was this very organic process. And I went, the first pictures that we made were, um, close to where he he grew up in, in North London. And then all of a sudden we were, you know, his kind of opportunities for his music going out started changing. And then there were kind of travel opportunities and we're, um, and I think when I, I don't know if he's ever talked about this in an interview, but we—I remember him putting on—he um, put on his music for the first time, and I'd heard him, I'd heard him play um, just in an informal setting, and then when he put this track on, I was like, oh my! You know, I almost wanted to put, like. I told him afterwards, I wanted to pack up my stuff and leave because I just felt like his <laughs> his ability was way like way beyond mine. But the thing was is funny thing was is that was how he felt about me and so it was very um yeah it was just it was just really really natural and I think he loved the way that I made images which generally is quite unobtrusive certainly with him it's, I, I see myself as I would try and be you know a fly a fly on the wall and certainly with what I was doing with him but then we um you know things have have kind of developed the images then ended up and, you know, in his album there's an E P uh, there's an E P which um the great the cool thing about that actually I didn't know this until fairly recently is the I there's an E P that I had the cover of and that was at the time that one uh, I think it's it's sold out, and it's like it's really really difficult to get hold of. So I feel like
0: partly responsible for that. <laughs> nice, nice.
1: Yeah, and and for the audience out there, Michael's music. I mean, he's an enormous talent. Like I I, I had wasn't familiar before you and I had talked uh, previously, right? And I have tracked it down, and uh, I will be purchasing the records. Like he, it's really really great stuff.
0: And one thing that struck yeah. me was in in the beginning mm-hmm. when you were discussing with us about how the the camera gave you access to countries it gave you access to places that you normally wouldn't be i was thinking Mm. about how you know a guitar is the same Mm. way say to a musician so i feel like and it's also slows you down if you're writing a song or if you're playing it and you're in the moment so i feel like uh, there's a lot there's a lot of uh common ground there between photographers and musicians you know and they also
1: represent two of the senses. I mean, music is such an auditory experience. Photography is such a visual experience. You're bringing together that do you, I mean, do you think about that as you're photographing him at a show? Is it like, do you, does the music sort of influence how you're taking the pictures? Or is it more like you're trying to capture that moment, that event, things like that?
2: Um, the music definitely influences what I'm doing. I think I do a lot of listening. I think before, like during the shows and I'm privileged to have been around, you know, around Michael with the studio as well. So I'm, um, some of the time I've, you know, I've heard songs before he goes on the road, but then when they go, when we go on the road, it's, a, it takes on a whole other, um, a whole other life. But I, I don't know where I, whether it came out of my own mind or whether i read this from somewhere else, but in, when I'm photographing his live shows, which I, um, tend not to do so much now, but have done quite, um, do quite a lot in the last um, year or so. There's this, I I call it capturing the height of emotion, which is the point where, you know, in a song where he's just completely, just, just completely lost in, in that, in the emotion that was behind that, Mm -hmm. um, the lyric or um, whatever. And I'm trying to, I definitely, um, I'm trying to capture that and when I listen to songs I'll hear certain colours or sounds and and I as I've um, stepped back and allowed myself to slow down, I've found myself able now to make images for people where they're telling me about um, you know, maybe the name of a project or a direction that they want to take it in and I go, Hold on a second, I think, you know, I've got an image that lines up with that and and so we I've had that twice this year which has been really exciting so there was a, a song and an album that my my brother worked on it's called Through the Ages and I was just out doing what I do like, like taking the camera with me loading up like one roll of film and just being really really slow about the way that I make pictures really looking at what's in front of me and I I photographed a, a kind of coastal scene uh, in a place called I think it's Heartland Point, which is in Cornwall, which is an amazing... There's a lot of incredible, like, creative stuff that goes on down there. I think, actually, the, the, the team who work on Kodachrome magazine actually spend a lot of time in that, that area. Yeah. Um, and in really enjoying exploring that, that experience of listening to music and how that impacts my, my photography, for sure. Yeah, right. there, yeah, definitely.
1: Do you develop your own pictures?
2: I started out um, printing a lot of my uh, my own photographs and that's something that I've, I've gotten back into now, I'm like this is a core part of my practice, so I work with Labyrinth, who you've featured in Kodachrome magazine, a couple of I think in the second issue yeah. um, I've worked with them for a long time doing you know my colour processing and I've just gotten back into printing all of my own black and white work and then the next step is to get back into printing all the colour work again uh, it's uh a part of my practice, which I wish I never lost. Um, I'm like I never. Lo- I, I was just kind of fighting against what I thought I should be and who I actually am. So, mm-hmm. and developing is just you know being you know working my hands and all that kind of thing. is just yeah, it's, it's a, a oh, heck of yeah. a lot of fun. But I've gone back to basics. I'm starting with black and white again, and then I'll, I'll work my way back into colours because uh, I realise how much of a um, uh, crazy like working with the colorists is, is totally different but i'm ready
1: to embrace that again so. um, how important is a place like the labyrinth to the photography community in london as you mentioned we featured there, the work of a bunch of, of the labyrinth photographers in kodachrome and uh, a couple mm. of my colleagues went and did a tour and a video interview and the place is extraordinary i mean how important mm. is it to have a resource like that available to you
2: Priceless almost is the, that's not quite the right word. It's like, it's just so, like, so, so, so valuable. I was just sending a message, I sent a message to um, to, to COS today to just say thank you for all their, you know, kind of support over the last um, few years. Because when I, I finished university and moved to London and I didn't, I, even though I was originally from London, I didn't know about places I could go to get my film, you know, processed and, and, and and kind of meet meet other people who were um, interested in those things. And um, they've always been, you know, brilliant and kind of accommodating. And I think there's an amazing community around that. And every year they put on an exhibition of, um, you know, celebrating um, film photography and and all of their clients. And it was, um, unfortunately, that couldn't um, happen this year just because they're, (laughs) well, this is amazing, like, they're so busy shooting, you know, processing film and, and making all these incredible, like, um, colour prints in the darkroom, that there's a gallery space upstairs from where Labyrinth is, um, and I was able to, you know, kind of, like, take over that space, and I worked really closely with John, um, who did, who helped me with all of the um, the, the colour prints that I did in, in that show, and to have that,
1: you know, the, that level
2: of... Um, kind of expertise is just it's um yeah it's incredible Um, nothing nothing quite like
0: it are there a lot of places like that in london
2: um i think you know increasingly so but not 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 nothing nothing quite nothing quite like labyrinth yeah i think when you you know shoot um there's a um, another there's a community in in Brixton as well, which is really great called um, Photo Fusion. They're really brilliant, and um, they're a lot um, closer to me in terms of where I live. And um, they've also been, you know, really supportive over the um, over the years. And again, they engage with the much more with the, the like local community as well um, in in South London. And there's loads of great kind of photographic workshops that that go on there. And I've um, participated in kind of group critiques, and they have a, a really amazing thing called a print swap, um, which they've done a couple of times. So everyone like brings along a print of their work, and then there's like a raffle, and then you pick a you pick a number out of the hat. And once you've um, you know you've got your number, you get to exchange with like someone else's um, someone else's print. Um, I got a really uh, beautiful. I think it was a maybe a Seabrook print just an incredible, like, whole, you know, old-school darkroom process, which I hadn't, which I'd done before, but hadn't, you know, um, worked in for a while, and I was like, great, I'm definitely getting
0: back into this. No, that's too. a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And it's re- I always think it's yeah. really important for any kind of, sub, like, subculture or sub creative group like that, where your analog photography to have a place to crystallize around and to meet other photographers, you know, and whether it's a skate shop, a comic book store, all of those groups of people, I think it's so important mm. to kind of have that place to meet up with, you know, other like-minded folks who are into what you're into, passionate about what you're into. And the Labyrinth certainly mm. seems like that that kind of place. So so tell our audience a little bit about what what's your kit like? Like, what's your favorite camera? What's your favorite films?
2: So favorite films, Portrait 400, uh, like 120. Um, so on the project that I'm working on at the moment, Experiments from the Garden, I load that into my um, my Mamiya Seven, which I just love. It's a an old rangefinder, like a Japanese rangefinder, and it's like this big, quite chunky rangefinder camera, but it feels like a, an SLR. So it feels like a you know a camera that should be you know much much smaller than it is, and the shutter shutter's just so silent. People can't you know you almost can't even, and it's so light as well when you shoot so you can shoot at quite slow and um, slow shutter speeds and then also you're getting the, you've got all the depth of having a medium format film and then on with portrait skin tones in particular there's just you know there's nothing quite like it and the way that it the, the, you know the light's always changing it's always slightly different and i love the fact that it picks up all of those kind of like nuances um and when it comes to doing prints and things the the opportunity to kind of pull the best from that and, and slightly tweak the colours to make something really unique is just, yeah, it's second to none, really.
0: <laughs> cool. So social media, this is such an, an important tool right now for discovering mm. new artists and photographs because it's so heavily image-based. Mm. Yeah, how has that impacted your career growth?
2: So I, I grew up in a generation where like, there never wasn't the internet, if that makes sense. So I've always, you know, I've always had those things. I think it's been a brilliant tool in the early days. I'd, you know, write blogs and be able to, um, to post pictures that way. Um, for me, it's always you can get really caught up in that that difficult, like, kind of comparison trap, oh, and it sure. takes you away from, like, you know, making focusing on your on your own work. And it's amazing to be able to look at other people's stuff, but I have to remember that these are. Um, social media is like a it's a platform to to kind of share and and there's always you know the, i don't know what the i don't know what the the next one around will will be to use but um instagram is is really great you know such an amazing way of um you know of kind of getting stuff out there and there's really you know lots of interesting ways to um present your work and um and connect with other people who are who are making similar things i you know finding new musicians there's two of young bands that i have been introduced to in the last like six months and i um one called um, holiday ghosts and another called um silver and they're you know being able to like connect with them on on social media and and share coming you know then be able to see my work really quickly and then go Mm -hmm. oh yes you know we should try and work together it's yeah it's um yeah kind of Life. It's fantastic, but it's all it's just it's a great way of being able to share the physical things that
0: I'm making if that makes sense, so, yeah, but yeah. I think it, I definitely get what you're saying about it it requires a certain amount of discipline within yourself though to say like you know for the whole comparison thing, mm-hmm. you know, even um, just not even as a photographer as a human being, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know I think yeah. um so there's there's a balance there, but it overall, it's obviously an exceptional tool for right. sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly how, as far as I'm concerned, that it's right to view it as as a tool. Like, I think um, it's. I was listening to a podcast earlier, and um, it was a a preacher and an author from um, Portland that I photographed a few months ago, and he's um, he was talking about his like the way that he interacts with. Um kind of social media and um, and how it's he you know it's, it's on his it's on his terms, and I think the the thing which I find really interesting about it is that if you me spending too much time on social media robs me of the the kind of strength and creative ability that I need to make the things that I'm like really, really like passionate about. So in one sense, you can be inspired by being on social media, but you've got to you really have to. Um, you have to remember that, that you need a heck of a lot of energy to create something like kind of new. So you've got to, if you're if you're expending too much energy looking at um, mm. other stuff, you yeah. there's no way you're going to be able to sit back and think, okay, what you know, what's what's new that's not existing in the in the world right now? What can I do that hasn't been done in this context? Um, and yeah, that's where it kind of leans over the other side, and you're like, gosh. Right. I've, I've overdone it here on the I gotta cut
0: right. it off. Right. <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: tell tell our audience about your latest works, like what what I know you mentioned an an exhibition that you've been working on. Where can they see mm. your work?
2: Yeah, so the, the show unfortunately just closed, so it was a really it was crazy one of those um Carpe Diem, seas of day things. So I got uh, Labyrinth had had the space um, available um, above above where they do all of their um, printing work. And they said, you know, there's a gallery space available in like a week or two weeks, I think it was, you want it. I was like, yep, definitely, let's do it. So I thought about it for like three days, and then I just... I'd kind of been dreaming up in the, in the months before, like what what I would put in a show should someone give me the opportunity to do it. So I... Uh, the show was, was called Can We Start Again, Please? And I gathered together selection of my, you know, my favourite work that I'd kind of made over the last, I suppose like six, six or seven years, um, and then I cherry picked the stuff that I felt most represented me and that I would most, if someone came along, you know, when people come along now and say, um, you know, we've, we've got this project on, are you interested in it? These are the these are the type of images that I'd want to make in response to that. Um, So I I can never get away from my personal experience and how that impacts my kind of creative practice. So I basically had a, a period about four years ago where I just really I just completely burnt out and I had to I had to slow down. So and me picking up film as a kind of full time thing, committing to just to just doing that has been so, so life-giving. Um, so we've had the, the exhibition, and then I'm working now on a project called Experiments from the Garden, which is experimental images of um, flowers and plants that's um, beginning in my mother's garden in south-east London. And then there's a, a, a route that I walk Oftentimes in the morning or in between, kind of putting together like my creative projects uh, through the local area and then into a park. And I just very um, intuitively just kind of will photograph the um, flowers or trees and things that I'm seeing on the way. So there's some, uh, there's quite a few multiple exposures in there. Um, and my plan with that is to, in the same way that. I've always kind of started at home in inverted commas. I started with the things that are right in front of me. I hope that as I start to put that out there um, and show people that that there's opportunities for me to, you know, take that further, I'd love to maybe explore, um, you know, flowers in the natural world abroad based on what I've been on the images I've been making here or, Mm. um, put together. Like I'm, I'm loving seeing all the work up in print in that exhibition. It's been a while. It's, those opportunities don't come very often, so I definitely want to be doing more, um, exhibiting more, more work in uh, oh, in that way, and getting into you know kind of printing, printing books, and having photographs live on these like physical kind of um, yeah products and items.
0: Yeah. Are, is your garden work I'm assuming in colour or is it in black and white? Both.
2: All of that works in in colour. The black and white work that I've been doing is. Yeah, some of that's been, like, portraits and and there's been some some landscapes, again, that kind of very uh, natural, unobtrusive, like, documentary, quite raw Mm. style that that I have always quite stripped back. And then the um, the colour work, I'm still, I have been making um, colour portraits of people, but, yeah, I'm going, I've taken things right back and just, um, I'm photographing... Yeah, these, you know, these. I don't have to, um, uh, it's totally, of course, as you'd expect, it's totally different interacting with a plant than it's to a person. They're not like, they're not telling me I, you know, that I can't photograph. They're very they're obedient.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. are not needy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a, a website address, an Instagram feed? Like, where can people go to check your stuff out today if they're interested?
2: Great. Yeah. So my website is www.samueljohnbutt.com. That's John with an H. And my Instagram feed is at Samuel J Butt, of course. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Nice. So Sam, it's been it's been great to talk with you about photography and, and the image make you're doing. One final question before we go is uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times when we talk to photographers, I ask them what what have you learned. Uh, or or what, what are you trying to, to tell your audience? How are you trying to connect with your audience? But one of the things I'm thinking about as we're talking is what are what mm. are you trying to learn from your subjects? Like when you're photographing Michael, when you're photographing mm. the experiments from the garden, like what is it that you're mm. learning from these experiences? What, what is it that you're trying to kind of, uh, I guess, take into yourself and internalize from the work that you're doing?
2: I think I'd have to would have to say the the beauty of Of human existence and the the vastness and kind of intricateness of this this world that we've kind of found ourselves in. Like whenever um, I'm doing a portrait, a lot of people like, oh, I don't like having my photograph taken. I'm like, and I really challenge them on that. I'm like, no, 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 you're. It's so kind of unlikely. That any of us should exist. Like the more I understand about this, is kind of going off on a slight tangent, but like the the more I understand about childbirth and the way that we come into the world, it's, it's near impossible that any of us exist, and yet here we are, and and we have all these like amazing, unique things about us. And um, one of the the things with my um, uh, photography is I don't I don't do any. Um, there's no real, like, retouching. So I'm getting rid of, like, maybe, you know, if there's dust or whatever, but there's no, what you're seeing, what I see before me is what I'm presented there, I'm presenting in the image. And, and it's it's a, it's a celebration of, um, of reality, um, mm. a celebration of this incredible, um, these incredible lives that we've, that we've all been given. And I suppose I'm trying to, um, each time I'm making work or thinking about projects, I'm trying to reflect something back of the, the kind of love and peace that I feel for going you know this is there's clearly a lot more going on this world in this world than just me but how can let me try and capture something of the mm. the kind of vastness of, of this world and of people's personalities and humanity in this like tiny little minute way in each of the like photographs or um that I'm making yeah, I love that I hope that answers yeah. the question it does yeah.
1: beautifully yeah I mean it's one of the things that I've always been thankful for for art is it reminds us that we're surrounded by wonders every day like everywhere mm. we go and uh, thank yeah. you Sam for sharing your work with us and to our audience we'll put links to Sam's Instagram feed and his website in our show notes check out his work and we look forward to seeing what you do next brilliant
2: thanks very much Joshua it's been great speaking to you thank Absolutely. you likewise
1: thank you
0: It is a great satisfaction to be able to speak to you through the medium of this wonderful invention,